Hi, this is Alexis. Welcome to Rooted Cosmic Wisdom. We're launching a new series where we get to interview some amazing people on our podcast, and we're excited to share this with you. Hello, this is Amy. This episode, we are interviewing one of our personal teachers, Holly Grace Shook. She has a deep background in both North and South American lineages, and we personally study the Munakai lineage with her. We hope you enjoy all she has to offer. We are. Hello and welcome. Today we have a very special, we're switching things up a little bit today. We have a special guest with us. It's a friend, mentor, and teacher. Um, of Amy and I that we are really excited to have with us today to chat and to just yeah explore and and see what wisdom she can add to our little uh, our little chat this morning. So I think Amy has a little something to introduce her and read her bio. But we have Holly here with us. Hi Holly. Hi Lexi. How are you? Good. Good. Happy to have you with us today. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. Good morning, Holly. Good morning, Alexis. So Holly has over 30 years experience in psychotherapy, working with individuals, couples, and families. Her education includes a master's degree in counseling. She currently has a private practice using a blend of spiritual direction and traditional therapy. Her training includes working in the healing methods of both North and South American teachers and healers. Holly has worked as a primary therapist for over 15 years at a Northern Wisconsin reservation clinic serving children and families. She, Holly is a former wilderness guide and whitewater guide. She leads expeditions. To, she also leads expeditions to sacred sites internationally. She is a level 11 frequency of brilliance practitioner. Holly is a fourth level initiate, initiate of the Andean teachings of the Kiro of Peru since 1994. So thank you so much, Holly, for joining us and bringing your wisdom today. Thank you, Amy. Sweet of you to have me. <laughs> and then maybe just in your own words so that we have, you know, we have a little bit of a background that Amy read and maybe just in your own words, like today, 2021, what it feels like you are or want to share or what you want to share about yourself. Uh, basically, I guess my first inclination is to say, you know, um, all of those words, none of it means a hill of beans. You know, we uh, strive for this uh, identity and figuring out who we are from the moment that we're born. Actually, in utero, I just watched The uh, Secret uh, of Babies last night about, you know, the in utero experience. And it really in some ways it dovetails uh, exiting the world because uh, a baby comes in with, you know, no preconceived notions and its way of relating in the womb, you know, to this environment is watery and, you know, auditory, um, but there's finding that it's auditory through the skin. And so it's about, it's about laying uh, the senses down in kind of a, a sequence, you know, about, laying down the physical uh, touch, which is the first thing that we, uh, as human beings, it's our first sense that develops. 
And then after that comes smell. And the last one is sight. And so as we're exiting into a new world, we're birthing into a new world. One of the first things to go, of course, is the, is the sight and the smell and the taste. And then eventually, you know, it's about moving from one dimension, you know, to another. And so all of those words that you use to describe me, uh, you know, I'm hearing them like, oh, that's an interesting person. I wonder where she lives. You know, it's, it, it, it in some ways has no bearing or no relevance because as we move through our lifetime, uh, all those things that we have because of our cultural conditioning and the fact that we are human, you know, all of those things that we strive to do, you know, uh, develop our talents and our gifts, discover what they are, um, you know, uh, further our sense of communicationship and relationship and connection. And then you go backwards through this cycle. You know, I just had a birthday and turned 71. So I'm, you know, I'm really focusing on, you know, like the early shamanic teachings when, when Carlos Castaneda, you know, like in the 70s, and, uh, and all of a sudden, I'm kind of going back there, you know, having made this huge journey through many teachers and many different systems. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, some of the words of the early teachers, which is using death as an advisor, you know, well, if you use death as an advisor, I mean, what a magnificent thing, because it means that you're completely in the present moment at every moment. And you're not thinking about, oh, that person's name is, you know, Holly, Jane, Timmy, that it doesn't matter. You know, you're not thinking about uh, the past or what you've done. Um, but a lot of my life's work, of course, has been either through therapy and shamanically is to switch the neural emotional uh, components of how we experience the world so that we can be on a new track, so that we can be on the new ox cart of going through the prairie. And, you know, instead of falling into those ruts of the cultured conditioning and fall of, of what we think we are and who we think we are, you know, we're setting a new track. And if there was a manifest destiny, which of course is a bad word in this country and rightfully so, but if there is one, then it's to free ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that this country leads in that energetically and spiritually, leads us to a new track of freedom, freedom of the soul. Beautiful, thank you and happy belated birthday. I know we, <laughs> we, we saw you on your birthday. And it was good. Um, oh, that's right. We had our little Sangha meeting, our Ayu meeting. Um, yeah, we gathered as an Ayu. Yeah. And I was just thinking about that this morning about like this country. And it's, you know, there is just so much going on. And there's so, and when you really like the why, why are we doing this? Like on a soul level. So I think you brought in such beautiful words to describe um, what I was actually just feeling into this morning myself. Like, really. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Um, if you were to really bring in, you often tell, you often say when you're teaching, how are you going to grow corn with this? That practicality piece of 
being on a shamanic path, opening to a deeper spiritual connection with life rather and, and moving away from the dogmas that we have, especially here in the United States, we have a lot of dogmas. What would your wisdom be with your years of study and your years of teaching? And now you're talking about revisiting things as you've entered this different stage with this birthday. How do, what, what are the practical pieces, the kernels of corn that you would want to plant around the value of, of the shamanic path, the spiritual path? I guess, you know, for me, those paths are blended. Not only have I studied in a different, um, you know, a, a variety of different modalities, uh, but uh, the true shamanic path is the same as the path of the yogi Christ. So, I mean, we're all in this together, no matter our culture, no matter our uh, religious or spiritual uh, varieties, we are all human beings on the path of self-realization or ascension. And whether we are uh, a first level being, whatever that means, uh, a being that is primarily uh, interested in survival and then survival of the family, survival. And we all are that first level being and we have all been that. But as you go through many, many lifetimes, um, you know, there are different dimensions. And so one's not better than the other, uh, just like one astrology sign is not better than the other. Uh, but we're all born with a, you know, a divine plan and we are all involved in uh, bettering ourselves, trying to be better human beings, how to love more. And, and when you get to the basis of all great religions and all great philosophers, really, all uh, great yogi Christ, whether it's Jesus or Buddha or Muhammad or any of them, you know, the bottom line is, is that, we, that we come from love. We are made of love. And what does love do? How is love practical? Love heals. And that's what you are. You heal. You are made of love. And love heals. That's its action. That is its practicality. So loving ourselves home and by loving ourselves and knowing truly who we are as a divine spirit, not as this person who did that or did that or knows how to fix cars or knows how to do uh, therapy with children. It doesn't matter. What matters is following your heart, your divine plan. You know, Joseph Campbell always talked about, you know, follow your path of bliss. It's just another way of saying uh, what the saints have always done. You know, whether it was St. Francis, uh, or whether it was Mother Mary, whether it was Yeshua, uh, following your divine plan is, is what's important. And that's what's practical. And practicality, yes, it grows corn in your life because that's the fruit. That's the flower. And what is that flower? The inner peace, the inner love, what you can share with your fellow man, and how you feel about yourself. So good, Holly. So good. I want to take us back a little bit. So we are kind of, um, you know, talking about present day and um, yeah, like all of that is so exactly perfect. And to take us back a little bit to when you, like what brought you into 
this path? Or if it's specifically like, what was it that drew you to say the Andean tradition? Like thinking back, was there a moment or was there a time when there was some type of um, you know, calling or just knowing that that was the way to go at that point in time for you? Wow, you can go back a long ways when you're 71. <laughs> we can get caught in these highways and byways forever. It, it's funny because what I flash on uh, is actually like a pre-verbal memory of this force. I had no name for it, you know, and I talked to this force that had an extension of itself on the right side and on the left side of me. Eventually those turned into my thumbs. So I would talk to my thumbs because I needed a physical representation. I had no idea what this was. It, it's just, um, it's kind of like something that's always been there. Yeah, something that's always been there. And I guess, you know, following that, um, one of the first things that I was aware of uh, was the information that I wanted uh, as, a, as a teenager, as a, as a young adult, what wasn't there, I couldn't find it. And, and finally found it in some esoteric bookstores on the Ascended Masters. So I read everything there was on the Ascended Masters, on the I Am movement, on uh, the lost years of Jesus, of the teachings of India, you know. And uh, so I followed that path. Uh, I knew I had a date when I was 28. It's a multiple of seven. Seven is a sacred number. So at 28, I left my boyfriend, my house in Minneapolis, and uh, you know, went to an ashram for about uh, almost a year, and uh, you know, fulfilled that part of what I wanted to know and understand. And it was a, a good experience, um, but I was um, craving my my roots, and my roots I felt were in the land, uh, in what I called shamanism at the time, but it was whether it was Celtic or. The, the land that I was born in, you know, it's a Lakota Anishinaabe border uh, in Minneapolis. So um, following that, you know, I, I, um, I hung out with Sunbear for a while and invited him into my home in South Minneapolis. I had some Lakota teachers there and did sweat lodge every week and, and followed that path of my own internal knowing and my, my, my memories I'd had bleed through, you know, of, uh, you know, different lives. And uh, then when my toddler son, who was very blonde and uh, very naked because he was potty training. So he's running around this little white boy with blue eyes and white blonde hair uh, sticking up all over. And there was a knock on the door and some of the AIM leaders uh, came in and said, you know, you have never been to a sweat lot where the grandparents have come. And, you know, it was clear to me that my time as this, you know, white person, uh, that this was not cool. It wasn't kosher now. It wasn't something that I could pursue, even though I was working with a medicine man and we, and we sweated together every, every week. And so I kind of brought that part of my life to a, a, a close um, and sought uh, more knowledge from 
Celtic shamanism, Mayan shamanism, and South American. And when I say shamanism, it's really the way of the healers. It, it's, it's uh, you know, it, it's not about being in the business of, of turning out little shamans. That, that's, you know, the old shamans uh, can't be replicated. Uh, you know, they uh, could uh, turn themselves into boas or jawars. And, you know, and I studied with uh, jungle people I studied with um, many Peruvian healers and, uh, and that was all good to, to understand uh, the difference between North and South America. And in these traditions in South America, um, the mandate was is if you receive the initiations or the carpies, you receive these things from the people, your mandate was that you shared them. So it was a whole different mindset you know, from North America, because we were in the middle of the 70s. We were in the middle of Native people here taking their power back. And so it wasn't appropriate. Uh, whether my mother was uh, Yakima or not on the West Coast, I just refused to play that Chamokaman game, the, the how much blood do you have? So I, I never found that out, nor does it matter to me. Um, so when I, when I, it didn't necessarily stop learning about North Native, uh, Native American ways, but I stopped participating uh, in the rituals, despite the fact that, you know, the rituals uh, and the ceremonies and the things that I had taken part of in the, you know, the vision quest, the wopulas, the uh, 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 uweepies, you know, all of that, you know, powerful, powerful experiences of a spiritual nature. Um, but that was my foundation, I guess, in Minneapolis and then uh, South America. And then at some point I was really done with male teachers and um, not that I didn't honor them, but I really wanted a female teacher. And so, um, you know, every time I've asked spirit uh, directly for something that I really want, uh, you know, I mean, you receive it. Spirit is always listening. And so um, I discovered Luz Clara and uh, Chilean Shamana, and uh, she's been with me now 27 years, or I've been with her. We've been friends and uh, have taught together, you know, all over the world. And so that's, you know, that's a, a piece of it. And then more recently, that spiritual, sh you know, uh, search has led me to a more Eastern path of, because of the discipline and because of um, its adherence to uh, a specified way of attaining self-realization. And so, you know, there's many, many paths. Sunbear used to say to me, you know, all paths, all spokes of the wheel lead to the center. And he was the first one that told me, you know, the work's gotta grow corn. You've gotta see something that shifts in your life if your path is truly your path. So. Amazing, beautiful. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna circle us back. I am interested, you were speaking of the different stages of the paths during our IU meeting and if you were to feel in with all of your wisdom and all of your experience in life, how is death currently advising us 
or asking us to shift and dance with it. Mm. I think death is showing herself to be, you know, a beautiful lover at this point in our life. And it doesn't mean that, you know, many of us haven't gone through our grief and our suffering, you know, that, that has been present with us. Um, but obviously the pandemic has shifted us globally, brought us together globally. So using an, a death as an advisor that way, what do we want to do as a species? What do we want to do as a people? What do we want to do as Britons or um, French uh, men or uh, Americans? Or uh, what, what is it you know, that we personally stand for? How do we get involved in our neighborhood? How do we make it a better place? How do we have compassion for those uh, that don't have as much and uh, uh, you know, we have that latitude here in the United States of, of focusing you know, on our spiritual life and in, in other places, uh, you know, unless you have a platform uh, of survival, so you need you know, uh, uh, you know, shelter and you need food and you need warmth or cooling as the climate may be, you need those things before you can really launch yourself you know, on, a, on a spiritual path. Um, and yet it's amazing that many of the most spiritual people um, are the people that you would meet, you know, on the street. Uh, these are the people that I met um, in Guatemala, you know, in the jungles, in the Amazon, in Peru, in Chile, you know, uh, in Central America. Uh, what moved my heart the most um, was in the midst of their what we would call poverty in the United States, um, I really realized that we as Americans, as Western people are the ones that are bereft because our spirituality, it keeps us poor. You know, the poverty of that spirituality. For example, I walked into a cathedral, I think it was in, I don't know, Guayaquil or someplace. Um, and so I'm, I'm praying to the mother there and they have beautiful statues, you know, to the divine mother. And of course, you know, in the representation of mother Mary, but divine mother and the flowers and the pictures and all of that. And I'm doing my little prayers and a man comes in and he's got, you know, the, the uh, uh, tire tread sandals on. And uh, you can tell his hands, you know, are just, uh, you know, all beat and he's got the, you know, the clothes and just, the humility and the love radiating off him when he touched the energy of the divine feminine uh, will forever put me to shame because his heart was so big. He was so magnificent. It really touched me uh, forever, that man's heart. So. I'm tearing up, so you're going to have to go ahead, Alexis. <laughs> I'm over here crying. You go ahead. <laughs> oh, you're muted. Yeah, as I'm feeling into that, I'm wondering if there's um, maybe a practice that you can share or what it looks like for you, um, kind of like 
either on a daily basis or, or maybe in the past, I mean, it's been, you know, a very um, 2020, 2021, it's been a very um, intense, you know, period of time. Are there any practices or things that you've been doing um, that kind of help bring you back into that heart space? Mm, wonderful question. I think one of the things that's most important for us to do right now is to not get caught up in any uh, blame or guilt or, or anything. Simply take today and clean your bubble. So the Carol call it in, in the you know, North uh, Andean shamanism, uh, where I did most of my training, uh, they call it your puck hole. So your, your bubble, your auric field, you know, that Da Vinci man, it goes out at least three feet you know, above, below, and to all sides and to keep that bubble clean means that you keep your heart clean, you keep your mind clean. Um, and there are practices uh, in the uh, I am movement, uh, you know, you, you call in St. Germain or the violet flame angels and you place that holy fire in this bubble um, several times a day, uh, you know, and however long you can focus on it in your morning meditation, a good five minutes in the morning or five minutes at night throughout the day, because our prayers are, 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 are unceasing. Our communication with the divine is unceasing. And it, 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 it takes just a little nudge to um, remind ourselves. And I have to remind myself every day, you know, continually clean that bubble, that auric field. Where are my thoughts? Just being aware. Where are my thoughts? Where are my feelings? Where am I joining mass consciousness? And of course, you know, mass consciousness is in the internet and in the news and in the, you know, the radio. And so, you know, it's best not to avail ourselves of those um, lower level, really, uh, mass consciousness, because the consciousness that's right above that is ours too. And that is where keeping yourself on a different trajectory, a little bit higher vibratory plane, so that you are constantly in communion with the divine. Whether that means I go out and talk to trees or the grass or the clouds or the water or divine mother or uh, Babaji Krishna, whatever that means. However, that translates for me. And so that's where we can learn from the indigenous because they're very grounded. They're wisdom keepers for all of this ancient knowledge that once was known, that once was known to all of us. And so, you know, we're in that battle of, of light and dark and we're ending one huge cycle in, in the Mayan cycle or the Vedic, we're ending one huge cycle of darkness and we're moving into a cycle of light. And so there's going to be the push pull between the consciousness, it's whatever you choose. Where do you choose to place your attention? So five minutes of meditation in the morning, five minutes of meditation at night, looking at the sun uh, at noon and going, you know, hallelujah, there it is. Whatever prayer you want to make, whatever mantra you want to do, it, 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 it doesn't matter. It matters where your heart is. And yes, there are languages that evoke uh spirituality there is uh in the songs you know of the Anishinaabe people of the Lakota uh of that longing for God in the Vedic in the Hindu uh in the in the uh in the Buddhists uh you know that 
the mantras that they do continuously, continuously, continuously keeps your mind and your heart elevated. And so using death as an advisor there, I mean, you can go. Gandhi died with the name Rama on his lips. God. And the belief is you can see it, you can feel it. It's a trajectory back home. And you don't have to be in fear. You can welcome, you can welcome that death and know that your relatives and your loved ones are safe on the other side. And you can continue to pray because it's just, it's a doorway. It's a doorway between worlds. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you are an international traveler. And you are very cozy here in the mid upper Midwest of the United States. Where is, is there a place in the world that has most plugged into your heart? With yeah, how, I think you know that answer. <laughs> with how heart-centered and heart-generating uh, heart you are. Uh, you know that I love Peru uh, without without measure, without reservation. Uh, I love the Apus, the mountains there. And, you know, and I love the teachings there. I love the sacred experiences that I have there. I love the people there. I, I simply love the people there. I love the stones and the rocks and the walkways and the flora and the fauna, all of it. And... And yet I have that love deep in my heart for the sacred places in this continent. And as I get older, I just bought a, a, a little uh, O2 RV and I'm going to uh, uh, you know, travel this country for a while with COVID and not being as comfortable flying. It takes a while to get to Peru. I still am, am planning a trip to Peru next year. We'll see. Um, I think there's about a half a dozen people. I keep my trips super small so that we can move easily, quickly, and at the whim of spirit. So I, I do want to go back to Peru, but uh, I, I love the sacred places here on this continent and, and the mountains, the prairies, the oceans, all of those, they, they just make my heart sing. I, I love the earth, you know. Amazing. Have you traveled there with your children? I know you, they're adult children now and you are about to be a brand new grandma again. Have your children gone with you? Is it something that that is becoming a lineage in your family? Uh, yes, in a way and no in a way. Um, kids always, you know, uh, throw over whatever the parent uh, <laughs> schooled them in because they have to find their own way. Uh, my daughter in between her college years did take off on a uh, a three-month tour of Central America. She speaks Spanish fluently, which I don't. I have this horrible mixture of Spanglish. Um, and uh, it, my son was uh, three and he would fall asleep on the couch when we had, you know, like a pipe circle at my house in South Minneapolis. And I would invite in uh, Jerry Dearly to teach us the Lakota songs, you know, the sacredness and the words behind this sacredness and invite in uh, Chris Lath and Joellen Lath and uh, Thunder Horse, I think is his uh, Lakota name. And they would uh, come and do pipe with us and teach us the songs. And so our little group there, 
you know, our little Sangha, our little Ayu, uh, was very tight and we, uh, we moved and traveled together and, and my son was, was part of that. He used to fall asleep on the couch and cry in the morning if he had missed the pipe. So we'd have to get it out so that he could hold it, you know, again. And, uh, but yeah, he was in sweat lodge by the time he was four. Um, and, uh, and Maya has continued the, the tradition uh, of, uh, she's been to Chile with me um, when she was 21. And Justin, I think his first time that he took ayahuasca, he was 13. So, you know, my children have been schooled in it and in the magic and in the medicine, uh, but they, um, you know, they're very mainstream parents right now. So we won't talk about any of this. Okay, perfect. <laughs> get Love myself that. in trouble. <laughs> we, we don't want to get you in any trouble at all. I, I have a great propensity for getting in trouble. <laughs> I love that. Is there anything else that is coming up for you in this discussion? Anything that you would just want to share, have our listeners here, or just, just in the moment, anything that's coming up right now, giving you space to just drop in anything that may be coming up for you? Well, I think we can get lost, you know, in the highways and byways of each of our varied experience. And the truth is, is that our experience, uh, both good and bad, is exactly uh, what we have needed for our soul development. It is what we have called forth in order to evolve on this platform of evolution called Earth. And I think the most important thing that I would like to leave um, any, any listeners with is that just to listen to your own heart mm. and yet that's not enough guidance sometimes and it's important to do your prayers and your practice, your meditation when you get up in the morning and do it at night and review your day. Are you the person that you have always wanted to be? Look back at that child that was five. What did that child want? What did that child aspire to? And it, often it's not in words, it's in a feeling. So look for that feeling, because that feeling, that's God, that's spirit. That's your own spirit. And that's what's important. So thank you for mm -hmm. allowing me to go on in this fashion today. <laughs> no. no, it's been amazing. And where can people find information about you where can people find you find me or yeah if you want to share your website or if there's the easiest way to just if people are interested in looking looking you up uh they would go to um www.sacredjourneys-wi for wisconsin dot uh, com and i think i have some links on there to uh some of my other teachers. So. And some books that you've written as well. Um, <clears throat> we will go ahead and drop your website in the show notes. Um, so if anyone wants to find it with ease, that is where it will be. Thank you so very much for joining us today, Holly. It was such a joy and it's, it's always a joy to get to work with you and see you and chat with you. Thank you. Thanks, Rudy. Thank you, Holly. Blessings.
Blessings. This is Amy, and I just want to thank you for joining us today on our meanderings and our wonderings. If you're enjoying our podcast, leave us five stars. We would love that. And if you'd like to reach out to either of us, both of our websites are listed in the show notes. So enjoy and until next time. Thank you.